If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, Balls McWednesday and you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. Director Matthew alongside as well. Find us on Twitter at Show. Four State Basketball tip tonight, 9 o'clock, TLC Double C Knowles. And pin your first matchup. Could do without the 9 o'clock tip, but hey, that's the way it is. Good to have basketball back. Welcome back. Said it in the first hour. Say it again here. The women under Sue Samarau uh, go out and uh, get a lopsided victory in game number one. That is good news there. And uh, hopefully the uh, men go out and do the same tonight. Really looking forward to it. Tom, good feature on uh, Warchant.com, third and Lang, taking a deep dive into uh, Van Dyke. Watched him and his aggressive style of play. Uh, he's he's a baller and feels very, very good, uh, obviously, coming into this game. His receivers go out and make plays for him, though, too. And that's really, I think, the biggest difference in this game is Miami's got some weapons and Florida State does not. That's correct, but he can throw them open. That's the thing. Oh, is, no, he's a um, good player. He, so far, he's a really good player. There's a reason that he likes his arm. It's because it's actually legitimately good. I'm, Director Matthews rolling some of the highlights, uh, some of the gifs I grabbed for uh, the article. Not of them, uh, you know, all of them are the sexy throws down the field for the bomb touchdowns, but just showing off his arm strength and, and why he can make throws underneath, intermediate, uh, even, of, of course, on deep balls that just, you know, you go, ugh. Unfortunately, this guy is a COVID freshman. He didn't have to burn a shirt last year. He's going to be around down there for a little while, and he's pocket mobile. He's got a rocket for an arm, but he does take chances, and he is inconsistent as a freshman would be. So we might have some chances to make some plays on the ball on Saturday, but he's going to make some plays himself because that's what he's done every single game since he took over the job. I'd take him in a heartbeat. We haven't had a guy that looks like that in a long, long time, especially not that age. Our quarterback room is ass. They have a hope. Uh, moving forward, and that is the part that is frustrating. So hopefully Florida State finds that hope in the form of A.J. Duffy when he gets here and or a transfer portal or both. I think that uh, is the best chance you have to find a competitive quarterback room. It has not been a competitive quarterback room. And by the way, I would include Jordan Travis. He's allowed to compete, and who knows, could prove us wrong. Uh, At this point, though, I'm not really worried about his feelings. I hope he plays well on Saturday. He gives us the best chance to win. I've said it time and again, but he is so limited. Uh, Then let's go. Let's go from there. And, and see what we got. Frankly, in watching that offense from his first snap of the Virginia game, that's yeah, he got some mop-up time against Alabama and, and one of their pushovers in September. But from that point to now, he's the guy who sticks out the most. Rambo makes some plays. Uh, yes, a couple of the other receivers, they'll get Mallory in space. They do a good job of creating those matchups. They kind of stack the, uh, the back of a shotgun set the way we do in certain situations where they'll have motion with an H-back look. Uh, Will Mallory is a good player there. 
Uh, Restrepo makes contested catches. To your point, you know, yes. if you're talking about third and third and got to have it, they go make plays, man. He's a guy that can go make a play. But the person who stands out most is Jalen Knighton in terms of home run ability. There's a player who can change the scoreboard anytime he touches the ball. Doesn't mean that he's going to, and it doesn't mean he's as refined as it as that might sound. But you talk about breakaway ability. Number four's got it in spades for uh, Miami as well. So they've got a few playmakers that are coming up to town. As you said earlier, last hour, if anybody's just tuning in now, the race is to the 30s. We need to fully expect that we need to score into the 30s this weekend in order to get a, a victory. Yeah, I put it out there at 35, 36, 37. I know, pick a number, Jeff. I originally said 37. I guess I'll stick with that. I think you got to score that or more to win the game uh, against Miami this weekend. I would note, by the way, as an aside, this is more for tomorrow's program, a Redemption Thursday. Looking forward to it, but I've already begun to compile those numbers in an effort to have another good week. Uh, that is a low total. If you popped it early this week, you got it at 60.5 or 61. Oh, I'll take the over. Miami has been disinterested in tackling. Florida State gives up big plays. Sure. I could see this being uh, 30-something to 30-something. I think the reason that total might be low, and I agree, no matter what you say, like I'm not going to explain it away. I think it's at least seven points too low. But the reason it is, uh, Miami can stop the run a little bit if they care to, and, and they're, they're investing more and more in the offensive side of the ball. This is complimentary football. They believe more in the well, other side, I, and I you can see them play say. spirited. The way they stopped the run on the road at Pitt – was impressive. Now that's not Pitt's bread and butter, but Miami forced Pickett to make throws, which was surprising. It's it's a, a performance that doesn't look like any of the others. So Miami's got it in them. The other thing is, the front four that Miami's about to see is the best front four that Miami's seen since early that in the season. That is the right part of this conversation. I did this last week with Georgia. It's not the same thing, but you get what I mean. When two teams who have decided and are invested and have the ability to do something, and you predict correctly in this case that they will try, then you're okay because Florida State can slow down the run considerably. Miami ran the ball really well last week against Georgia Tech. If they slow this down, you're taking points off the board there. You're ending drives sooner. If Miami is able to slow Florida State's rush game down, well, you eliminate the offense in essence at that point. So then all of a sudden you can predict a lower point total. You are correctly noting the storyline that Vegas thinks is going to play out. Mm -hmm. That's why that total is where that is. They might have also been getting intel that Jordan Travis was still sick, and so therefore the number might have reflected the well, the, they're the wrong, uncertainty. Tom. They're wrong. So That's jump correct. On it. So jump on that. Well, I'm sure it's already gone up at least to three, four points. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing here too is that. This quarterback in Van Dyke will bounce from place to place in the pocket even when he's got a settled area in front of him. So he'll run into some sacks. This is what the thing that a younger player does. They want to break the pocket and flush you know, at a moment's notice. And I've seen in at least three of the games that I've watched uh, that he'll run into twist games. So I would fully expect that Adam Fuller will run some twist games because if he sees a defensive end crash up the middle of the field... He'll try to break the pocket out to the right. Next thing you know, there's the waiting arms of a defensive interior person just right there, and he'll walk himself into a sack. Yeah, and I want to note that that is another area. People ask about this a lot, so let's do it. Areas in which Florida State has improved, in particular on defense, and that is one of them. The first time we tried to run games, stunts, uh, on defense this year, we were terrible at it. It looked like we had never done it before. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was clunky. It took forever. It was very awkward. It was slow moving. We run stunts now with a purpose. Guys have a focus. They understand leverage. They, they really play off of each other well. I'm like, okay, 
Everybody's got a handle here. We're in the right gaps. Good job. Yeah, that's part of the reason that, you know, with the Papuchas thing on special teams, like, yeah, I get it, but well, you know, that's got to be partly... Well, you him of his duties on special right. teams. Right. It's partly him and Odell getting it right in the front four. And one formation that you'll see, well, not a formation necessarily, it's just a front four look and a wrinkle that Adam Fuller will throw at you. Notice it the last couple of weeks more and more, that Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson at times will line up next to one another. You know something's afoot at that point. But they've done it more than once, and they've done it successfully more than once. So I would expect to see that again on Saturday. Tom, that number has not moved. It is still 60 and a half. Is that right? If you want to jump on it, go ahead. Get after it, guys. Also, Knowles getting, what, two and a half here still? Is that right? That number's still right? Right. You would, you would see 60 and a half if the number was Miami eight and a half or something like mm-hmm, that, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they just think that our offense is not, you know, it's not ready. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. So that total is 60.5 still. And uh, if you like Florida State on the money line, you're getting plus 115 uh, this week. So it's a better deal. If you, I mean, look, what are you going to take the 2.5? Just take us to win at that point. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Damn it. They're incentivizing you to do that. Yeah. But that's where I get hope, man, is that this quarterback is going to make plays. Period. He's going to. But he can also make plays for us. He could be the MVP for both teams. That's what young quarterbacks will do at times. The environment will not be what you want it to be to rattle him, I don't think. And this has been an interesting talking point this week amongst Florida State fans. People are curious just how far the rivalry has fallen from the national perspective, but also I would say from a statewide perspective, local perspective, I think the most depressing element of this game being what it is, 5-4 and Miami, 3-6 and Florida State. Neither have had good seasons any time in recent memory uh, by their standards, and their standards being that you want to win and play for national championships. Certainly that's true of Florida State these days. Hasn't been the case for Miami in 20 years. But that said, what do you think that number is? I went with 50,000 below or above. What do you got? Easily above. Easily above? Yeah, I believe that. Okay. There'll be a walk-up crowd, and I think that Miami fans might feel a little emboldened with what's going on the last few weeks. Well, if they're feeling froggy and they'll come on up. Sure, I would think that they would. Uh, But again, there aren't that many of them. So it's it's (laughs) not real ones. That doesn't matter. Even the fake ones can buy tickets <laughs> and show up. The fake ones can probably get tickets cheap this week, yes, right? Yes, they can. And listen, I grew up here. My bona fides cut my teeth at Florida State during the last decade. Circumstances very similar to this one. We weren't under 500, but these were two programs that were either paper tigers or we just kind of knew. By 08, everybody kind of knew the deal. And yet, a lot of fake Miami fans would show up for that game too. A lot of them would egg your cars. My car got egged on airport, as you might imagine. Imagine that. Imagine by the palace. Yeah. I, I think that you'll get at least a walk-up crowd for Miami fans. Of, you know, All right, over 50,000. Ten to 15,000. That should account for the rest of it, right? All right, let's get, let's get loud then. Let's get that kid rattled. Let's get that thing moving early. Get to him. Shake him. Maybe a little nervous. Cheap shot him. Pick him up and shake him. Oh, cheap shot him. Hey, it's Four State Miami. Things happen. Yeah, the question is... The hard part about this game, where Devin Leary last week, if you were to use a baseball analogy, De- Devin Leary was a painter. He could he could sneak it by at 93 or 94 every once in a while if you're not careful. He also had touch. But he could paint the corners. Uh, Devin Leary is a polished quarterback. This guy is 0-60. to 60. There really is, like There is some hand talent that he's going to develop over time, which makes him a really scary proposition. But for this weekend, God, he just loves his 99-mile-an-hour fastball. All times. You know... If it happens, Tom, that Florida State pulls an upset, and it, according to Vegas, is a mild upset at that, if it were to occur, there you would sit at 4-6. and six. And I can't help it. Every time we do it, 
How mad would you be? You'd be elated on the one hand, and on the other, you'd be like, good God, if you just beat Jacksonville State, we're on the precipice of going to a bowl, and you got to beat BC to do it. Just throwing it out there. It could still I'd, be there. It could still be there. I'd like to have the conversation. Yeah, we're all in a good mood on Monday if we're having the conversation about what could have been or what might still be uh, if they get a win here. And, and again, I, I'll go back to something I was asked, and I, I said it before. I, I really believe this is true because they did not overpromise the recruits anything, and that's important. You do not overpromise and underdeliver. You do the opposite. Underdeliver, uh, excuse me, overdeliver and underpromise. If you get a win here, you were game against Clemson. You beat North Carolina on the road. Uh, you, you obviously have a chance to garner another win, maybe against BC. Let's say. I think you probably keep the the vast majority, if not all, of that class, and then we're doing some things, man. Then, then we're cooking with gas. You just need an uptick in competition and talent. And hopefully these kids aren't impressed all that much with what they see from Miami and you can get some stops because this is a really big game for the defensive staff here at Florida State. It's not just because... It's a huge game. Not just because, you know, you might be 50-50 on them right now. These games elicit emotions from the fan base that are beyond irrational. If you thought we were emotional this weekend, give up 500 yards to that team. 40 points to that team well, because that's the end of your time here in the fan base's eyes. Whether or not you're retained or you're not, nobody's going to have faith in you at any point anymore. So it's a huge game from that perspective on Saturday, too. Well, it is. I mean, and, and again, um, Miami's been lighting up everybody lately. It would not be absurd to give up, say, 28 points to this team. I mean, you, you, oh, no, no, not you at all. just can't be that you have a consistency of busts because then we would be marrying the beginning of the season and the end of the season in the wrong way. Yeah, the problem with a coverage bust against this guy, if he sees it, the ball is on the receiver now. And it's not like he's already showing some signs about anticipation. He he can manipulate safeties. He can look them off and then and then throw the ball down the field with good accuracy and obviously excellent velocity. He doesn't do that consistently. But Again, if he was a video gamer of sorts back in my day, he'd be holding down the button for this year. <laughs> like it's just I remember I forgot about that. You right. hold it down. Yeah, you hold it down the pressure Ooh, sensitivity yeah, of how yeah, hard yeah, you throw yeah, the football. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is on a line. So yeah. if there is a coverage bust, it's on the guy now. It's not something that you get can make around, up. Get your head around, boy. Right. It's yeah. not a lollipop in the sky yeah. that you can make up on and, and still get your hand. No. I'm it, always yelling that to Bryce. Get your head around, boy. I do it all the time because I, I fire it and try to get his hands up. You do. You don't have a when you play catch. You don't have a a, a speed. <laughs> I do. Other no, than I've got a touch. full board. No, no, I got touch touch if I need it. If we're running a fade, I, I got a little touch on you. But when we're running routes, I'm trying to teach him to get his head around, get your hands up. Even in the tailgate lots, like a game of catch, you got to know. You got to know. <laughs> it's yeah. coming. Oh yes, there is no. There's no number two. <laughs> it's coming. You put the one down. It's coming. Here we go. Give him the heat. Tallahassee game day is this Saturday as well. Reminder there. Yep. We have. All kinds of coverage for you all week long. The little chart was up earlier. I saw that. Yep, there it is. I like the new chart. There is a weekend chart that we'll roll uh, roll out tomorrow as well. Look at all that. Look at my face everywhere. It's a lot of. No, no wonder you like it. <laughs> it's a caricature. I'm kidding. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Jeff Cameron Show on a Balls Wednesday. I hope this finds you well. Good old David Bowie. Good to hear from him. Uh, yeah, there it is. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill presents Kilt Night with the Crooked Kilts. Ah, everybody's going to be tilting them. A St. Andrews Society fundraiser in support of Florida State University Libraries. So that'll take place 8 o'clock on Friday. So we'll be doing the 
happy hour. Myself, Corey Clark, Friday afternoon from 5 to, or Friday evening, 5 to 6 p.m. And then not long after that, we get the uh, Crooked Kilts. Yeah, that's a Celtic rock band who's going to be playing the night away. And uh, again, you just said it, support FSU libraries by showing up on Friday night. It's a different way and a fun way to celebrate uh, the weekend that is FSU Miami. 2475 Appalachie Parkway if you're in town and that's uh, your thing. Come on out there, get you a good, tall, cold one. Live music, watch us chat it up beforehand, and uh, enjoy the delicious food out there, too, by the way. Corner Pocket's got really good food. It's kind of an underrated thing. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it uh, on the air, Tom, so we should bring it up. I have complained about it. Now we segue over to the NFL for a moment. I've complained about it much of the year, and it's been debated this week because of a particularly absurd call in the Pittsburgh-Chicago game. And I don't, I can, I can understand it a little bit more in the college game. Still don't love it but I can understand it a little bit more in the college game uh, as those are quote-unquote amateur athletes. The NFL, these are all guys that are paid handsomely to play the game and uh, probably not nearly as subject to the whims of emotion and or uh, their sensibilities hardened a bit by the time you arrive in the National Football League. And if not, screw you. So the whole thing about a point of emphasis on taunting, giving refs, Real discretion here, and they argued at the beginning of the year that it wouldn't be that because this fear was brought up when it was announced that it was a point of emphasis on taunting going into the season. Now, normally they're hyper vigilant about it in the preseason in an effort to let the guys know this is what we're looking for. Some years it's holding, some years it's a illegal man downfield, other years it's you know any number of things that they have a problem with that they want to get a handle on. This year they said it was taunting. Now, I don't know really why this year they chose that. Seems sort of arbitrary. Uh, I don't know that I had seen an uptick, an absurd number of times in which players taunted other players to varying degrees in which it could cause a fight on the field or anything like that. And so therefore they thought, they, you know, let's drop the hammer. Didn't really see it. I don't know if it was the result of the Super Bowl with the deuces signed, but uh, really don't think it should have been there either. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I mean, that was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It I've was got, awesome. I've it was also art. cold, by the way. I bought art of that particular moment. It's a great. It's a great moment. Um, but it took a turn on Monday, and what you have is a a Bears comeback against the Steelers that is maligned by this play. Cassius Marsh is a linebacker that gets a big sack on Ben Roethlisberger late in the fourth quarter. Would have set up uh, the opportunity for the Bears to get the ball back sooner and go down the field. Now, they eventually do take the lead, and the Steelers go back down, kick a field goal, and do all of that, but a lot of time wasted in the interim. But also there is the thought of uh, the intent of referee Tony Cornett. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I've watched that video, and it certainly looks an awful lot like a hip check to me. Yeah, so if if you're going to be calling stuff with a point of emphasis on taunting, I could under there's two parts. I could understand why you would throw a flag in that situation because he celebrates – individually, and then after he's done with his initial celebration of making the play, he does start to walk towards the sideline. It's almost like it's in two parts. Mm -hmm. His thing is in two acts. So act two, if there is really this emphasis, I could see why you're throwing the flag. I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. The hip check is 100% intentional from Carenti. It's 100% intentional. Well, at which point you should be fired. At least suspended for multiple games, because that's what you would do to a player for contacting an official. Oh, 100%. At least. And that was brought up. Um, by Marsh. So, yeah, I think he's right about that. Uh, he says he didn't throw the flag for the spin kick, 
the spin kick didn't bother him. Right. But that the posturing towards the Steelers bench bothered him. That is their point of emphasis. Again, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But when you are either taunting a bench or standing over a player, that's what they're looking for. And it's stupid. It's stupid. But that's exactly what the officials have been harping on this offseason. It's just the hip check's ridiculous. It's like he was put out yeah, he's that bothered. this guy was breaking the rules. Yeah, yeah, he's personally so upset about he it. He wanted to take it out on the player in his own way. Well, why don't you just fight him like a man then? Go for it, Corinthi. <laughs> Why don't you just stand tall to him and say, let's go. I'm tired of you. You guys are breaking my rules, so let's fight about it. Go ahead. Let's yeah. see how tough you are. Well, it's bizarre because, again, it is arbitrary. I've always said that, listen, again, if we start at a baseline that I don't like the point of emphasis, I think there are other things that you could focus on that have a more direct impact on the game that are perhaps of safety concern, those kinds of things. There are so many rules in place uh, that you could look into further and decide, eh, we maybe need to up, up the ante on the amount of calls here to curb a certain behavior. Let's just say. Let's just say. Now, you know I am a little bit old school on this issue because I believe that uh, they just make up targeting half the time because most of the time players' intent is not to target. It's just the game is played by elite athletes at warp speed, and it's at an angle, and guys turn to avoid certain shots, and all of a sudden helmets hit. But, you know, that's why people wear helmets. Right. Anyhow, that said, when, when, you, when you decide something like this, you had better have a situation in which uniformity is obvious. Where game to game, I know what that is and why. And then the officials, moreover, know exactly what that is and why and when you throw the flag, right? That has not been the case in the NFL this year. So for an example, specific example, uh, their point of emphasis, as stated, you just alluded to it, but it's been brought up before, the league office (laughs) has said, that if you gesture towards the opposing bench or coaching staff, they want to avoid ugly incidents. And we've seen a couple where coaches take a swipe at players right, and players, right, that right. kind of stuff. They're trying to avoid that sort of thing. Then explain to me why Devin White gets a penalty just for going nose-to-nose after a tackle in a game in which both players have been jawing at each other all afternoon. That's not towards a bench. Yeah, there are mm-hmm. no punches thrown there. There's no push after the fact. There's no cheap shot on the hit either. It's two guys face-to-face, one saying to the other, Probably you're a bitch. Who knows? But they're saying something back and forth, and that's mm-hmm. the end of it. What are we doing here? Are we not grownups? Uh, yeah, apparently not. I, the, the league office strikes me as like the detectives in uh, the wire. A lot of, like the ones that are around the you know <laughs> yeah. they're the not the recurring characters. So you see them every once in a while. The guys that are trying to justify their existence, mm-hmm. like I'm going to keep busy so that nobody bothers <laughs> me. Like I feel like that's what the NFL is like. See, we're trying, we're trying. It's, to justify that they've got this own this department where there needs to be a point of emphasis. Like for me, if you really want to enforce something, it doesn't even happen that much anymore. But I would have zero tolerance for spearing on the ground. When a player's being tackled to the ground and you see a defender come out of nowhere and dive and hit somebody in the small of the back, it probably happens twenty five to fifty times a year, any given year. Yeah. That should be something that's immediately suspended for because that's dangerous. Not dancing. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Nobody cares they about that. They had just given the players back the ability to dance after touchdowns. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. We need to be more understated as a league. I laugh every time. I mean, it just seems to me that whatever the point of emphasis is, by the way, they have screwed it up every time. It doesn't matter if it's this year's on taunting or two years ago the holding. Three years ago, I believe it was illegal man downfield, which I actually thought, 
you know, you got to make sure you get a handle on because right. of RPOs. Right. Uh, and they do a good job of that in the NFL. They don't in college. Obviously, the rules are different. But uh, I think the, the college game should adopt the pro rules. It does give a team to play actual defense, and you can trigger on your read as a defender. It rewards intelligence for recognizing runner pass, and then you get screwed because there's, you know, well, anyhow. That, that stuff, it, it, they right. never get it right. What's interesting about this argument, though, is I've seen the Bill Belichick clip about celebrations. That one has gone viral over the years about how hard you work for the moments. And, yeah. and so you, I hope you have emotion and you enjoy it. And then the Ryan Clark clip, that is basically the same thing from yesterday on NFL Live. Like, if you really, like, basically Ryan and, and Belichick are saying you prepare so hard that you can't help yourself after uh, you make a play. Like, that's BS, too. I, you can absolutely help yourself But I would tell yourself. you that, But there are moments, if you're going to throw a flag on Jermaine Johnson for throwing the football in the air on, right. on scoring a t- touchdown, you are absolutely penalizing somebody who shows emotion in the moment and is no way a taunting their, their, their opponent. A hundred percent. And that is not something that a player should have to regulate. Agreed. In the end, I agree with you. I just think this whole thing, like anything else, just gets totally blown out of proportion either way. The NFL started it, and we all have to sift through this well, nonsense so because the NFL sub- started it's it. It's so subjective the way they do it is my point. They're, they don't Correct. define the terms. Correct. Well, uh, this is the beginning of yeah. any logical argument with anybody else. Let's define our terms so we know what the hell we're arguing about. Too often our arguments just sprawl out of control and nobody knows what the hell they're yelling at each other about. The NFL never decides, hey, this is what it is, this is how it reads, and this is how we're going to enforce it. It drives me nuts. Right. If Jermaine Johnson punts the ball into the crowd a la the serial killer Aaron Hernandez used to yes, do yes. on the regular... Then yeah, I could see Even where then, you, I don't care. You're gonna I, well, you would flag him at that. It's you're on the road. What are you doing, man? You're putting uh, the ball into the crowd. Whatever, I don't care. You've just broken the fourth wall. It's like it's possible to to break like to to man, break this threshold. People walk up and give balls after touchdown celebrations to kids all the time. They break that wall all the time. There you go, kid. I see you in the stands wearing my jersey. All right, you want to take issue with the with that? Okay, fine. But we're both agreeing on yeah. that. He's just chucking the ball and putting his hands up in the air. He's not looking for a no, no, no. DJ it, to throw it in his face. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, it's, it would be – you'd have to do a lot. And we've seen teams get absolute – in college this year, they've gotten absolutely host. Guys streaking in for a touchdown, yep. st- starting to put the ball up early, like glance back to see where another guy is, and they think that's t- – uh, you're just looking to call a penalty at that point. That, that's correct. This gets back to uh, a discussion we had weeks ago. Boy, we love talking about officiating, and it sucks that these no, that no, these no. leagues. Hey, 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 so this is the point. I'm glad you said that. So my brother, who listens to this show every day in New Hampshire, the one who loves us both, and, and I love him dearly, obviously, he has Screw said— Screw your Bruins, yeah, pal. Yeah, yeah. So, Screw them. Yeah, so here, listen. He was bringing this up the other day. He goes, Jeff, look, you guys know way more about football. I, I, pay, I tune in passively, but one thing stands out to me about the NFL and college football is that officiating is a major issue at all times. And I said, you know what? We don't bring this up in hockey. We don't really bring it up all that often in baseball, save for the strike zone here and there. Robot umpires. What are we doing? I, I know. I know. We don't bring it up. Now, basketball is a sport that lends itself to problems because of the charge block. But for the most part, I feel like we, we do pretty good with, with basketball. I mean, the NBA gets it right more than most. The NBA does a good job with this. Now, they don't have to have 17 lev- levels of flagrant or not. Just it is or it isn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we all understand the deal. Like, yeah. you know, at least there's a code there, which is if you're a star and it's in your building, yeah, yeah. yeah you're going to get a call. Yeah. So football is the one where they really struggle. And I'm an advocate of fewer penalties, not more. So 
I don't take the approach of when in doubt, throw the flag. Right. The opposite is what I say. Let the men it's a gladiatorial sport. Right. Let the men on the field decide the business. The most truthful thing that Doug Rhodes said, the late Doug Rhodes in twenty twelve, because he had just gotten done telling us that when in question throw the flag was the rule for a few things. It was like PI, uh chop locks, uh, well, and yeah. something else. But then he said later on in that referee's If it's symposium, away from the ball, don't call it. Exactly. Yes. And you know what? The NFL adopted that last year with holding calls. The NFL stopped calling tedious yeah, holding. But I okay. So and guess what? Yeah. The product was the most entertaining it's been in a long freaking time. By far. And the players complained about it, and the fans complained about, complained about it, and the NFL got the message. But I would say this. I don't like arbitrary not calling holds. Uh, I, I enjoy less holding. So let me, let me clarify. I wouldn't call holding unless it was an obvious hold, and there are – clearly defined obvious holds. Your hands are outside the shoulder pads. You've got a grip. All that that stuff can be seen and called, right? However, if the play is run to the left side and there's a hold on the right side, I don't think you can decide I'm going to ignore that. People reverse field all the time. It's a big deal. You can't just not decide, hey, I'm going to let that go because that hinders that player's ability backside. And backside plays happen all the time. They're set up that way. So if you've decided in the moment, I'm not going to call that because I think this play's going left and it goes back right and a guy got screwed because he was held or thrown to the ground and you wanted to say to yourself, well, I was away from the play. No. Oh, no, well, you could still throw the flag. Just drop it. Just don't throw it in the sky. Just, it's always been there. It was always oh, there. Oh, man. Drives me nuts. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I'm going to have fun later this afternoon. Mentioned it in the first hour. I'm going to mention it here. It's a feature you guys are going to like on WarChant.com. We'll take a look at the Dexter Carter run in 1989 for touchdown. Charlie Ward to Matt Fryer in 93. Devin Bush picked six also in that 93 game. Warwick Dunn, 80-yard touchdown from the 96 game. Marvin Jones hit on Larry Jones. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. That picture is in a lot of uh, man caves or, or garages. I have that picture as well, framed. You know what's a minor tragedy about that moment? There were no replays in the original broadcast. I know. I would have shown that 15 times over. Absolutely. It's a monster hit, 92. That's my man, Marvin. Uh, and then Miami's missed field goal at the end of 05. Uh, we, we've got highlights to celebrate and have a moment with. I've still thought one of the underrated moments, just because and I know the teams weren't great, but uh, the underrated moments, the blocked extra point, because of the disappointment. The block at the rock. Well, the disappointment in Chris Fowler's voice is so good, too. That's another one of those. That was a fun montage. That one might be top two or three for me, just because it was the uh, the Groundhog Day every year about the U is back and somebody different every year saying it's different this time. It they've got it. It's back, and then uh, blocked they, right. <laughs> and listening to them, I mean, you know, Fowler saying it's like the old Orange Bowl in here. Like, oh, oh come on, man, shades of a little Havana. Yeah, you know, it smells a hell of a lot better in the building you were calling that game in. Blocked. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's just the, oh, the crestfallen faces. The can that just happen? Like they were, it was delirium. And then, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what? And then, what was the call? It was third and eight or something like that. Jimbo called a quarterback sweep. Brilliant call to end the game. Remember that? Oh, that's right. That is, yeah. Because we took the ball, they're playing yeah, a timeout we, game, yeah, and we needed, yeah. And then we called. I think it was down. a quarterback sweep to the left, and that's what iced it, and we could uh, go to victory formation. That was a beautiful 10 to 15 minutes right there. 
Yeah, and I that was, game was kind of bad. Yeah, it was. I was down there, of course, for other great moments. Dalvin having himself a day. That woman shooting Jameis Winston, the double bird, and she's in the end zone because she can't handle it. I forgot about that. Yeah, she's so angry and rode hard and put up wet. That was on the heels of LeBron getting the double birds. Or who was it? Was it Kobe, uh, LeBron, that, at the Heat game? At the Heat game, yeah, I can't remember. They, were, that, they were in the whiteout, yeah. and that lady was like, Rah. But that woman did the – she was very, very angry. Too many gin and tonics. Like I said, she 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 had been road hard, put up wet. She had had a rough go. Oh, she was life. having sea breezes at the uh, Miami game. <laughs> yeah. no, Starting at, the, at 7 a.m. The Heat game was the gin and tonics, oh, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there was uh, yeah, and then and of course Dal- Dalvin Flash in the three hundred five after the that run is insane. Yep. By the oh, way. and Fowler butchered that call. Mm-hmm. He said that we tied the game, and he had to correct himself. The Noles tie the game to take the lead. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was I'm in sorry. denial. Sorry, Chris. He and Bear Bear. What Bear's are we gonna actually, do? Bear's actually good about ripping Miami. He'll he'll rip them and say they're not gonna cover or that he picked Georgia Tech last week. I think if I'm not mistaken. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> My impression of the noise that they play you don't, you don't far have, too often on yeah, game day. Oh, my God. They never stop. While we're talking about rivals, this was a stunning turn of events this week. Dan Mullen, quote, I'm the head coach, so I bear all of it. It's on my shoulders. I'm the one that's responsible for this program. I'm the one that's responsible for this team and how we have to perform. That's your job here as the head coach to take on that responsibility. My job is to make sure we go perform, that this team plays to the Gator standard, which we're not doing right now. It's my responsibility to find a way to fix that. I'm pretty confident in myself, and I've won a lot of football games as a head coach, won championships here. What I'm pretty confident in is finding the solution. That might be the most level-headed thing that dude has ever said. It's because that statement was prepared for him by somebody else? (laughs) No. After they showed him photographic evidence of maybe the pregame kisses going too far. Well, I would think that it was... Actually said by him because I cleaned up some of the nonsensical and oh, non sequiturs, okay. and um, but most of it, the crooks of what he said there was him, completely him, which is stunning. It's a man showing a willingness to take responsibility yeah. and not blame everybody else. Oh, Wilford Brimley from the Gators showed him the photos, man. I'm telling you. Well, and then the other thing is he knew he was on the cusp of firing a couple coaches, <laughs> so he's like, I gotta, I'll take the heat here, and then I'll fire your two asses. Imagine your dear wife logging on to TMZ Sports. Devastating. Yeah. What's she find, Dan? Heartache. Heartache, Mitch. <laughs> All-time great. We still have it, right? We didn't lose it. We, we didn't bring it over, or we did bring it over. No, we, we could easily get it back. Yeah, we could easily get Yeah. I've got devastating still. I don't have the whole... We, we only played the whole bit, like, once. One of these days, because I think we've come far enough... Devastating. <laughs> I love it. And you know, and I didn't do it. I don't think I did it this past year. Probably the pandemic. Who knows? I failed to do my annual late night. Oh, I just came across the firm. Take a picture of our boy and send it to you via Twitter. Not just screwing, Mitch. <laughs> Horrible and such. I um, hey, I, I hey, have to hey. show you that. I have to show. I Once a year, I send you that. Just you so send you can me. Crack up, crack up <laughs> off it's that either that or the Clinton one. Oh, well, that, that's been a minute. That's the all-time one. Boy, we just got a lot of people excited on these airwaves. Uh, John Candy. John Candy oh, is that's the other one. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, well, that like, one's dude, sad. Dude, what are you doing Every to me? Every year I send you that one. You're like, oh. I'm about to log on to another charity and donate more <laughs> because I just feel so bad. I just feel guilty about everything. I'll send you a photo of that or I send you our guy, Wilford Brimley. 
Not just screwing, Mitch. Diabetes. And uh, I'll send you that, and then I also send you, of course, uh, John Candy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which, by the way, we're in the month. We're in the month for it's, Planes, it's Trains, and It's a Thanksgiving movie, one of the rare ones. An awesome one, and my kids love that movie, and we've, I've shown it to them twice now, so it's an annual tradition now. It is a little dark there at the end to find out my man was homeless and that his wife's dead, but hey. <laughs> did you ever I suspect? like me. Yeah. My wife likes me. Uh, I was too young. Did, did, yeah, I I didn't. Well, the yeah, first I was time young I saw too, that movie, I, no I, idea. I laughed when he's the devil when they're like the car is sparking. <laughs> like that, I was so young. That's the only thing I really got. Otherwise, I thought it was. So it wasn't know. until years later when he's alone, left there at the station, waiting on the L, that you're like, oh no. Yeah, but, you know, there's something worse about seeing a movie a bunch of times when you're a child than finally understanding what it's about. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, it's almost worse of a gut punch because you're like, I've always thought this movie was one thing, and then you realize, like, oh, oh my, my god, god the yeah. emotional hit is actually a lot harder. I just like that Steve Martin is figuring it out as he's on the L, and then he's like, oh no, right? <laughs> he circles back, yeah. That's yeah, a as a child, I loved that the the crash scene and then the f bombs at the at the rental car. Well, I mean, how could you not as a kid be like, oh my god, my parents are letting me watch this? Well, and also. So of course, the redneck who spits and tells his woman to get out of the truck to pick up the truck. <laughs> oh, woman, she's strong. <laughs> she may not look it, <laughs> but she's strong. Oh, let's give some people witch witch. All right, we're starting. It's almost like a libations Friday in here today. Uh, witch 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 time! Yay! Wicked Wednesday is here on Wednesdays. The Wicked is just five dollars. Five meats, three cheeses, five bucks. Tallahassee listeners, viewers only. If you're outside the area, piss off. Wait for wait for my cue to call, which is right. <laughs> we, now. we just went to Manchester, <laughs> which is right now. Here we go. Your chance to win. Which which? Tommy, what's the number? Three eight six talk. Three eight six eighty two fifty five. Three eight six eighty two fifty five. Hey, two people are going to win today. All right, red Russians on the horizon. Hang tough. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. There you go. Uh, That's the only word you need to know. Yeah. The two of them. Chef Kevin Show, and it's about to be over. And before it is, uh, we have got to get for you. Hold on. We're just going to crank some cult? No, we're not. You know what we should do? I told the gremlins, you go away, you greebles. Hey, tell the gremlins, hold on. We haven't played the clash in forever because we don't have the third hour. So if you just want to rock a little clash, we can can go back. I got to put that in the rotation for the final hour, right? Yeah, Radio Clash. Yeah, that want to get us, uh, you know, zapped by the bots. We'll see if uh, the Colt, that was enough of the Colt for us to get zapped we today. We probably won't get zapped. I don't think so. I think we'll be all right. They hit you for, they said you were singing, this is, I'm not they even kidding this. Yes, this is awesome. So I didn't tell you this yet. No. On Monday when Ira came on and you do your thing with uh, Ira Chaffel, which mm-hmm. I won't even try to duplicate. Mm-hmm. They had you pinged as singing some sort of Latin American song. Awesome. Yes. 
So I pulled up the song, like they said the the copyright was violated, was, yeah. and I was like, what is that? And, and then they timestamped it, so I played it against what they claimed. And they think you were singing that song like you were a recording artist at this particular music company, this music uh, record company. Did you did you say, uh, here it is? Uh, yeah, no, you, you, you can't. There are no people to talk to, so I just trimmed that part out of the video. It's really silly. But yeah, the bots thought you saying Ira Chaffel mm. was uh, was a song. Smoke, we can get, I can do some uh, Joy Division for you. I've got it. Uh, all right, here we go. North Florida Payroll sponsors this. North Florida Payroll Services sponsors this next segment in which we try to make you some money. Uh, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. Hey, Big Daddy. Having some red rushes tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy. An empty net. He scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. Oh, I like it. I like it. We're back. We've been waiting for some time. My friends down there in South Florida and my app here are begging me to make some hockey bets, Tom. The Hard Rock Sportsbook says, Jeff, we like the cut of your jib, and we know that you are a degenerate and you're just waiting on gambling on, to gamble on hockey. I told them, you hold your horses. Soon enough, I'll whip up my ponies and bet the NHL for you. But in the interim, hey now. <laughs> in the interim, I'm going to let T. Lizzie, who's been a little bit more locked in, and uh, give you, well, I'll give you a pick for tonight if you like it. I'll give you a pick. You tell me what you think, and we'll go from there. But let Tom give you his educated opinion on tonight's matchup. I mean, he was right there at the end. Running so through to. a wall, everybody. All righty, so there's only a few games. It's Wednesday night in the NHL. You lament this night because there's hardly any hockey being played. Well, I get pissed off at the schedule. It's stupid, but go ahead. They do the Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Saturday. They get the, they get, yeah. It's a big F you to every fan of the NHL. Hey, hope you hope you like hockey. We got nothing for you tonight. Except for Flyers fans yeah. and uh, Toronto Maple Leafs fans. And that's where I'm going to go tonight. Toronto against Philly, in Philly. Do you know, sir, that mm. the Flyers in their last five games, the total goal count has well, not exceeded five goals? Start over? What's that pick again? Flyers-Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. All right. The total goal count in Flyers games, last five of them, has not exceeded five goals between the two teams. So the under six? The under six is the play tonight. It is the play tonight, Tom. I had come up with a pick of my own, and when you started there, I went, oh, he's, he's going down the same path. I had taken, admittedly, a collection of NHL minds mm -hmm. and overall consensus pick, not my own. But you did this on your own, so I like you to know that you are in bed with the computers. The computers say tonight, take the under mm. six. Yeah, that's. I knew when I rolled over, I thought I heard a keyboard. But that, if you look at the way the Flyers are playing defensively, and I won't get too far into the weeds, it's impressive. Goaltending is stout, and Toronto can play low-scoring games. The bet here, you you got to pick two sides. It's either Toronto in the over or Philly in the under. I'm just sticking with the under because I think Philly is going to dictate the play. So, very simple. Uh, Tom, what about, for our true sporting friends, 
Uh, we we get in here. We decide. Here's the wager. Live play. Do you do any? Well, whoop, this is starting to side a different way. I can chase. I'm going to lose my over under. Uh, no. In hockey, that's tough. That is. Tough. You can do so in the playoffs because when these teams play each other in a best of seven, you can see the trends by game three, game four. You can see. Oh, oh, this coach has has made an adjustment. That type of thing. But in a one-off in the regular season, that's very difficult. That's a very uh, unless you're trying to bet an over because you just see goals are flying left and right. Yeah, the Flyers on the year six two and two, the uh, Maple Leafs on the year seven five and one. Just if you're wondering at home, what's what's what? So should be a good match, right? I'll be watching. Yeah, yesterday I saw that so. the Hard Rock app was trying to entice me to bet Lightning Hurricanes as the booster. Mm. It was a Lightning win plus six or more goals total between the two teams, and I didn't want any part of that because if that game goes to script, it's going to be under by a million, and last night was 2-1 to one in overtime. You know, it's funny. They send me a series of parlays they'd like me to wager, and then down at the bottom they have the caveat, do you need to learn about responsible gambling? <laughs> On the app, they're like, hey, bet this one. Bet this one. You should really bet this. Look at this. But do it responsibly. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be well. Go Knowles tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.